welcome my beauty partners to this Global Beauty Tech Master Series. I'm Alice, the founder and the CEO of uh, Perfect Corp. We are excited to bring you an inside look into the future of beauty tech and how it can benefit the digital transformation for brands. It is our pleasure to host you on this five-part leadership series to help you excel as a beauty tech master and propel your business through strategic digital-first solutions. Step into the future of beauty innovation with me. Welcome to join the Global Beauty Tech Master Series. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of a Perfect Coast Global Beauty Tech Forum Master Series number two. Uh, this episode is also the last one of the season. I am your host, Wayne Liu. I'm the general manager and the senior vice president of Perfect Corp. So in the last four episodes of this season, we talk about state of beauty tech, AI in the skincare, how AI AR uh, affect the, the beauty tech, in the, especially in the consumer engagement. And then we also talk about the X factor of a beauty e-commerce. In this last episode, we will look outside and beyond the beauty industry and see how the technologies that power beauty tech, which is AR and AI, uh, can be used beyond beauty. But today, we are very pleased to invite Susan uh, Katana, former CMO of Cohen's Fashion Optical, and Dr. Joachim Schwartz from Brook University. So welcome, Susan, and then Thank Dr. Schwartz. Thanks. Hi, thanks for having us. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, it's our honor to have uh, both of you. And uh, let me just give you a quick introduction of uh, uh, our two master guests today. So Susan, Susan Katana is the former uh, CMO with the Cohen's Fashion Optical. Susan is a strategic business leader with more than 25 years of success in senior leadership of the role in the consumer product, B2P, and then direct to consumer and national retail space. Susan has a long history of working with the industry giants such as Walmart, Target, Amazon, and the Michaels company. Susan is very passionate about the early adoption of technology AI and AR when building brands and see enormous growth opportunity within the e-commerce and brick and mortar landscape uh, when the technology is utilized to augment the experience. Susan is committed to creating uh, an involving experience for the consumer that take a 360 approach and the logic roadmap is the technical first. So again, welcome Susan. Thank you very much. And we also, yeah, thank you. We also are very happy to have a, a, a professor who is from academic world. It's the first time we have in the master series, we have a professor coming. So Professor Schwartz is a leading uh, augmented reality marketing professor uh, who, who has researched and taught about AR potentially for marketing since 2014. He actually is a pioneer. He started like 2014 is early, actually earlier than our company. He published a numerous paper for marketing and then the, the concept article on the AR marketing in 2016, which won the article of the year award and is one of the most cited article uh, in the academic literature. In 2020, 
Joe launched the world's first uh, dedicated augmented reality marketing course uh, for undergrad as well as MBA student. Okay, Yo earned his doctor in marketing from Queen's University and holds two master's degree in consumer psychology and business science. This unique background enabled him to work at the sweet spot of uncovering AR as a business potential. So the intersection of AR technology, capability, marketing strategy, consumer lighting. So leveraging AR's full potential required business to take a consumer-centric perspective. Uh, Yo's research examined complexity of a consumer and the marketing through a cultural lens that's informed by various uh, anthropologic, sociological, and the psychological theories. So welcome, Joe. Yo, actually, uh, he just won another award. So Yo, why don't you tell everyone, tell our audience what's the, what's the new award, like a fresh out of press? Uh, thank, thank you, Wayne, for this opportunity. Um, and it, it literally happened five minutes ago when I looked at my email one more time before we started. Uh, a, a paper we submitted to the ASEC conference, which stands for the Administrative Science Association of Canada, uh, just won Best Paper Award at that conference, together with my co-author, Eric Dolansky, also from Brock University. So we're very happy about this, and well done, Eric. Congrats. Okay, so I guess, uh, uh, you know, that uh, means that the AR, and then especially in marketing and research, is getting more uh, visibility. Thank you. Okay, so for in today's show, I will talk first 10 minutes to do a quick introduction of a of technology, beauty tech, beyond beauty, and then show you a demo. Then I'll have a Professor Schwartz present a very insightful session, and then we will have a, a followed by a fireside chat with Susan and Yo. So as usual, quick introduction of a perfect company. Perfect. Uh, we founded in June 2015, we're almost six years. It's about one month away from six years. Uh, we have about 300 people in 15 cities, 11 countries. We have a two type of business. One is a B2C, which is direct to consumer. We have an app, uh, which you get 950 million download globally. Uh, there's a UK mobile apps. And we do, we have a B2B business. We package our technology and license as a SaaS format to over 300 brands uh, and retailer globally. Uh, so they license. And then we are highly decorated. We win lots of awards, especially in the 2020, we win the, uh, we won the time 100 best innovation. So that's a brand we've been working with. And then also that's a global team to support the brand. So let's get into the topic today. From beauty tech to fashion tech, uh, infinite game. Okay. So the reason why we call the infinite game is because it's just talk a little bit about the definition. For the finite game, we play for the purpose of ending the play. So it's more like a game theory. It's a zero sum. We have a winner, we have a loser. However, if you play in the infinite game, you pretty much play for the purpose of continuing play. So you just keep on playing it. So no, it's probably the beginning, but it's no end. And then for the final game, you pretty much spend time in the past. You are uh, celebrate uh, the parade uh, around the wealth and status. You pretty much uh, in a past. However, for the infinite game, we're looking to the future. We always sign ourselves up to something new. So for the infinite game player, we're concerned about the position himself to deal effectively with whatever challenging come up. Okay, so that's why uh, as a technology provider, as a perfect corp, 
we are not satisfied with whatever we've been doing, although for the past five years, we pretty much create a beauty tech. And then right now, we look beyond the beauty tech, we believe the technology, which is AI and AR, can serve on other industry as well. So that's how we get advanced uh, with all the technology. So for today, let's talk about more detail about that. Okay, so on the uh, Deloitte uh, research, they says AR is the reading time online shopping. Uh, augmented reality shopping right now is a, it's now arguably, it's a, it's a part of that shopping. You know, probably five, six years ago when we started a company, the augmented reality still is a good to have. It's more like experimental, uh, it's people treat it as a toy, but right now it's not. It's a part of that business process. Okay, so we can as a try on and try out. For our company, we pretty much focus on try on. Okay, and the beauty industry, we pretty much have a beauty, makeup, hair, and skincare. And then for the infinite game, we are trying to challenge ourselves. We go beyond beauty. We are trying to talk, uh, look at the personal accessory, headset, jewelry, glasses. So all kind of uh, the the product can be also uh, used uh, by powered by the AR and AI. Okay, so that's what we have currently. It's called the final game. Uh, we have all the AR, uh, beauty, makeup, live streaming, personality, all kinds of things. However, that's the, the new uh, territory we are stepping into. Uh, we will apply the, the technology on face, on hand, and also try something on the moon, uh, on men's grooming. Beyond that, beauty pretty much is on the female world, so we go beyond that. Okay, so what is the new technology on the rise uh, for 2021, which is now? First, uh, we have an AI personality. Since we have an AI, so we start to recognize uh, the very fine uh, expression of yourself, and we can resonate, recognize your uh, face attributes. So later, I, I will talk a little bit detail about that. So we can start to uh, recommend perfume or lots of things because we know who you are. And then we, we work on the eyewear. Uh, it's very realistic, okay? Just as what we've been always doing on the, on the beauty. And we do jewelry and we have all this accessory on hand, okay? So let's first talk about, so for today, we, we will focus a little, uh, more on the eyewear and the personality. So for the eyewear, Okay, so eyewear try-on is really not new. It's, a, it's, a, it's ongoing uh, for the past couple of years as a vendor doing that. However, for UCAMP's 3D eyewear, we really like an instant 3D AR, which is very fast, instant. Okay, so you don't see the delay. And the most important thing is because we know the pen, the pen point for the current AI, uh, the AI, the eyewear try-on is about the creation. It probably takes days if it's not weeks, to create a 3D model for eyewear. Think about how many eyewear the, the vendor or this, uh, the retailer can have. Easily 10,000, okay? So how do you create so many uh, eyewear models? We do have a very innovative way to create it. It's very fast, like 10 minutes, okay? And then also our advanced AI engine, we, uh, we, we just measure your uh, PD, uh, pupilless distance, on the fly and we start to adjust the AI experience, okay? So you don't need to input anything previously, which is uh, uh, in advance, right? We just uh, measure your, your PD, okay? So of course, it's, everything is based on our AI face tracking technology, which we mentioned many times, it's our core technology. 
And then also uh, your wide angle, you, you later I'll show you a demo. So you see it pretty much stick with you. Yeah, we can go like a 60 degree uh, horizontally and then 45 degree uh, vertically. Then here's the thing I'm talking about, okay? So you can create the eyewear just by three image. You don't need to rendering a true like a 3D model. We just need three photos, image of your eyewear, uh, left, left, frame, front, and the right. And we can create a, a 3D model for customer to try. And then you can do live preview and you can adjust. So that's very fast for the, for the uh, retailer. You can even do self-service, okay? And then also, uh, as I said, we, uh, we, are, uh, we are measure the uh, pupillary distance, which means we can adjust based on your, uh, your PD. So it's a true personalization, okay? It doesn't matter what your PD, we just measure it and then we adjust the frame. And then also uh, we do the, the lens. You know, the eyewear is really, is a, is a, is a combination of the frame and the lens. Okay, so we, we take care of the frame, we also take care of the lens. So we do very realistic, uh, we do tint, and then we can do reflection. Okay, and then also we do uh, opacity from the frame. And then the good thing here is that we can do four-way comparison. If you pick, uh, you know, usually you try different frames, so we can give you like a four-way uh, four way to, to compare, okay? So without further ado, let's see a demo. Um, I'm not going to demo live. Uh, I'm going to, because I'm wearing glasses, it's a little bit hard for me to do that. Uh, so let's, uh, let's have uh, Frankie, so Francesca, uh, please, let's, uh, uh, let's do a demo here. Okay, so uh, we are using a uh, mobile devices. So Francesca do the earring first. You can see just like a real, it's a hand dangling there. And then the, you see, uh, once you change, we, uh, we switch very fast. Okay, so we can change to very, uh, various different type of uh, um, the, the earring. And uh, as I said, the creation part is, uh, is easy. Uh, as long as we have the, the image and we can do uh, comparisons, split face. Uh, you can wear in two and compare. Okay. Okay. So then we do uh, the, the the eyewear. So we just pick a eyewear. See the reflection, and then you change the frame. Very fast, instant. And you see, we can change the color of the same frame. And then we can adjust the depth of the frame and the frame position. So it's just like uh, when you're in the store, right? So you can adjust it uh, in real time. Also, we do a gradient. If you do have a color tint on your lens, we can do gradient. And you can change the size of the frame based on your PD. And you can see actually everything happened in just a, a mobile browser. Nothing, nothing fancy, nothing special. So the, all the customer can try it at home. If you like it, then you can just purchase it. 
see we changes all these different uh, type of uh, uh, the frame and then the PD is just adjust according. Okay, great, thank you. Thank you, Francesca. Let's go back. Okay, so that's our eyewear and earring demo. And then uh, I'll probably spend a little bit of time talking about our um, the personality. So, you know, fortune teller is an ancient career. So I usually joking like uh, they are the earliest uh, application of big data. They look at so many people and then the, probably their master tell them all kinds of different type personality. And then they start come out with the system. Oh, if you fit into this type of personality, you are this type of person and then your future will look like this. However, right now we are using AI, uh, you know, micro expression is a window of the soul. So basically micro expression is a very brief involuntary facial expression. It takes uh, like uh, within four seconds. It's very hard. It's very hard for, the, for people to recognize it. But actually uh, the fortune teller is very good at that. And also AI engine is a super efficient to doing that because they can identify very small change in your faces. And with the combination of the, the, person, um, the micro expression, and also because our AI face attribute, we understand your face, eyes, eyebrow, all kinds of different shapes. And then we even understand the location of your wrinkles. Okay, so because of that location of the wrinkle can show your personality. With all collectively the data, we become the, the, the modern fortune teller. Okay, so once we look at you, we analyze your personality. So here, of course, we, rec we can recommend uh, the fragrance, but we can recommend almost anything because we know who you are, okay? So that's uh, some new technology, and then we believe they open up a new uh, chapter of the technology in the consumer world. Okay, so here I just uh, give you a quick idea about uh, the, our uh, eyeglasses and also the, uh, the, tech, the, the AI personality, just give you a preview of uh, what, what is coming. Uh, which we step into the infinite game, okay? And then next session, I'm going to um, have um, Professor Schwartz to uh, give us a presentation of his uh, research on the AR and the consumer. Uh, Professor, please. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you, Wayne. I, I think I just kind of switched off my camera by accident. There we go. Uh, and again, thank you for having me. And Thank you to everybody to kind of join us here. Uh, as Wayne said, my name is uh, Joachim Scholz. I'm a marketing professor at Brock University. And um, I've been, as Wayne said, researching AR since 2014. And I'm really interested in the um, strategic potential AR has for marketing. And the way I kind of look at these things is I'm not only looking into technology, even though obviously that's important, I'm not only looking into how it is integrated into uh, marketing strategy, but I'm coming in from a consumer-centric perspective, and you can see this here on the lower right corner, uh, and I'm asking always, like, like, how can we understand the consumers in order to build AR strategy, AR marketing strategy? And I believe it's these three elements here, the technology, the strategy, and the consumer insights that really kind of provide us with a sweet spot of uh, knowing how we can make our brands thrive in these emerging augmented realities. Now, and 
like we already saw here, uh, by the way, for, for example, in the Deloitte chart that AI is used to visualize products in a lot of different product categories, sometimes in our faces, like the glasses or makeup, sometimes on our bodies elsewhere, like accessories uh, on, on the wrist, for example, sometimes in our spaces around us too, right? Uh, and so even though those are different product categories, there is a very shared common denominator. And that is that for many consumers, these products are part and parcel of what we can call aesthetic consumption projects. Now, I don't know if you wear glasses yourself. I often have to wear glasses, especially when I'm driving or when I'm giving a lecture to students to see actually names and faces. Uh, and when I was first kind of diagnosed that I, I need glasses, I was like, like try to kind of hide from it as long as I could. For multiple years, I kind of rejected the idea that I maybe should wear glasses. Um, but then once you kind of get the prescription, you're buying not just the prescription lenses, of course, you're buying the frames as Wayne showed. And with these uh, frames, you're buying something that has symbolic value for you. You're buying something that expresses who you are as a person that kind of makes a style statement to some extent. And, and that is really what I mean by these aesthetic consumption projects. And that's how I think about what is AR's role. Because as marketers, our role as marketers is to help consumers with different marketing touch points um, to engage and pursue these aesthetic consumption projects. And now the big question is for AR, okay, how does AR then facilitate consumers in these consumption projects? Maybe even differently from others like social media influencers, for example. So the question is, what can AR do maybe above and beyond uh, than other touch points in facilitating consumers in these projects? Now to answer that question, you need three things. The first thing you need is you need to have a method that allows you to kind of really understand that uh, problem at hand. My method of choice are consumer ethnographies and depth interviews. So I'm actually going into this space and I'm playing around where consumers are playing around and I'm kind of following them into the store, for example. So I hung out in stores, I immersed myself in the industry, I watched influencers. I of course tried uh, makeup visualization apps for myself, even though I'm not wearing makeup myself usually, but I tried it in terms of understanding the experience. And then most importantly, I did interviews. So I recruited 31 different consumers. I did mini interviews with them over multiple weeks just to kind of have their immediate reaction and make sure they're kind of using really the app. And then the most impressive users, like the people who really engaged with that new technology and made it their own, with those guys, or girls rather, I did uh, depth interviews. So I had 16 female consumers, all kind of late college, early career stage, uh, who were uh, using AR applications for their makeup practice. And I did these long interviews. They're like a conversation where you talk for an hour to up to two hours. Uh, on average, it was 75 minutes here. Now that is the first thing we need. We need to have a method that allows us to answer that question, what is AR's role? in uh, these consumption projects. The second thing we need, we need to have a theory. And by theory, I mean something which allows us to make sense of what we are observing and what we are told by our consumers when they talk about their lives. Now, one theory which is often used, and I'm sure that you guys are very familiar with this, is what we in academia, we call the cognitive perspective. And there, AR is seen as helping consumers 
to uh, help them process information, make purchase decision. So in, in business, many times we call this the imagination gap, right? So AI helps us to overcome uh, the imagination gap so that because we're not really sure how something will look like on our face or on our space. That is one way to look at uh, this phenomenon, but I wanted to kind of go deeper. I wanted to have a more complex understanding of what consumers are really doing. And for this, I turned to practice theory. Now, practice theory is more complex because it is looking at three different elements uh, of a practice. And practice is pretty much like here, the makeup practice or like whatever consumers do in order to pursue these aesthetic consumption projects. You see on the left cheek here on, uh, on that image here with that woman, uh, you see like she has a bit of makeup product here on her cheek already. And that is of course one of the three components of a practice, the product, not only the makeup, but also application brushes, et cetera. Now, some of you, maybe if you're not so familiar with makeup, maybe you're like me and you started uh, like from, coming from like a male perspective and you didn't know much about makeup, you maybe wondered for the last minute or so, why is she holding that piece of cheese against her nose? <laughs> now that is a sponge and it's, it's part of kind of applying makeup. And, and you can see here that a second component of the makeup practice is really a lot about techniques and how we use certain object in a certain way and how we move our hand in a certain way, which is very nuanced very often. Now, those are the first two things, uh, the first two components, the third components of a beauty practice, of course, are the styles. And there are lots of different styles out there you can appropriate for yourself. And the question is, which one is the one you want to have for yourself? Are you going more into the bold end? Are you going more into the no makeup makeup look? Are you going classic on smoky eye or more uh, edgy on the Insta look? All of those are parts, the three parts, objects, techniques and meanings or styles consumers need to kind of navigate through as they are pursuing their makeup practice. Now we have this lens, this practice theory lens that allows us really to understand the potential of AR because it highlights not only shopping and selecting products to buy, but it highlights consumption and the way how we kind of use objects, uh, perform certain doings or techniques with them to appropriate certain meanings or create certain looks for ourselves. And that is a more complex understanding of consumption, which really helps us to understand what is the unique potential of AR for consumers as they're pursuing these aesthetic consumption projects. Now, the third element we need in order to answer that question is we have to find the core tension consumers are grappling with. And maybe um, oh, the core tension here is in the middle, right? So this is what we're trying to help consumers overcome and navigate. And then thanks to practice theory, we can think about how does AI help us navigate this core tension through these three practice components, selecting the product, executing the technique and appropriating styles. What is the core tension? And I think maybe Diana kind of brings it out best here, uh, but this is not only unique to her, this is across my, all of my informants. She says she would like to experiment, but she also says that the yellow and green eyeshadow just doesn't fit like Diana. So for her, there's kind of a line. She would like to experiment, but it has to be in my look. Now, if we abstract from that, we can say that, well, the, uh, the core tension here is that consumers want to perform and also even expand their look. 
the experimentation, but they want to experiment in techni technically proficient and socially acceptable ways. Now that is kind of the yellow triangle here. Now knowing this core tension, we can go to work and we can ask ourselves, how does AR help consumers deal with this core tension? Selecting products, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I think we can immediately and intuitively understand that. And that's very similar to the imagination gap. We all know, uh, though there is a little bit more, for example, that consumers, they're 100% aware that AR has no materiality to it. They know it's not the real deal. That has implication for later on. For executing technique, I want to show you two quotes. The first one is here by Lisa, and she contrasts to YouTube tutorials. And she is really excited. She can see it on her own face. And so she can actually see what you're doing right and wrong. So she gets that external confirmation here. And you should have listened to Fiona and her voice. It was so audible in her voice how excited and, and glad she was that she can see it on, your, on her actual face. She says, yes, I'm doing it right. Now those two ideas here, or these two quotes, they give you maybe an idea about what is an alternative additional benefit AI has for consumers. It allows them to bridge what I call the competency gap. And AI enables consumer, consumers to believe in their own abilities in being a successful makeup or beauty consumers by providing exact and self-directed guidance, by breaking down complexity, by providing external validation that confirms their status as being successful practitioner. The third benefit I wanted to highlight of AI is here in the appropriating style bit on the top. And here we have Casey, and she also contrasts AR with social media influencers. And she kind of tells us here that AR gives her a lot more creative freedom. Right? So she, she says, you get lots more room to play around with AR. You are not trying to replicate a look somebody was doing on themselves. You're trying to achieve more like a concept on your own face helped by the app. She kind of looks at the social media influencers as, as people she's trying to follow as exactly as you can. So she's kind of in the I'm following you kind of position. She's interpreting somebody else. But the AR app, she's trying to achieve a look you picked for yourself or for herself. So in other words, AR really provides her with a lot of value to overcome what I call the autonomy gap. AR helps Casey and my other informants to believe in their autonomy when it comes to selecting and appropriating from this multitude of different styles to create their own desired identities. And it allows them to really play around, like to have an outlet to really follow their internal intuition and engage in playful self-actualization where they are in creative control rather than just trying to follow as close as they can what the influencer is showing them. Now, altogether, this means that there's a lot more to AR than just helping us to imagine the size and the dimensions and the colors of a product. It's about helping consumers feel more competent in what they're doing, to feel more in creative control with the autonomy gap. And in the final analysis, I strongly believe that AR's potential for marketing is not so much only about helping consumers see a product, and it's much more about helping them to believe in themselves. 
thank you. And with that, I give it back over to Wayne. Hey, um, excellent, excellent. So thank you, uh, great research. And I, the final call is really, it's amazing. It's about uh, believing yourself. Okay, so now uh, we will invite uh, Susan back. Uh, we will have a uh, Susan, Yo, and myself. Uh, we will uh, do a fireside chatting. So we will start asking some questions here. Hello. Hi. Hi, Susan. Okay. Uh, so first, uh, so Susan, so please tell us uh, about your uh, formal role as a chief marketing officer at the Cohen's Fashion Optical. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and again, thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Um, when I joined Cohen's, uh, there, it was at a time when the technology was really at a crossroad. And certainly back in, you know, five years ago, let's say, it was still in a very uh, investigative period. You know, we didn't really know uh, what it could do, how it could add to the marketing aspect of, uh, and ultimately the sale of a product. And so when I joined Cohen's Fashion, they were very weak in the digital space. And so beyond my traditional role, uh, I really dug very deep into how uh, virtual reality could actually augment that experience. Uh, to Yo's point, uh, it was very fresh uh, and new, and there was a lot to still investigate as far as how we could integrate that experience in the consumer and bring that to the consumer. So we spent many years uh, and had many hurdles uh, and challenges and still do, but we certainly are at a point now where I believe that it is much easier to bring uh, AR uh, to the consumer and not frustrating. And so that was our biggest concern. How do you bring a product or um, a service to the customer or the patient in our case, because most of our clients are considered patients because it's uh, a product that they're buying eyeglasses, but it's actually to help them see and look better. And so that was very important to us from a medical perspective. So that's something that we are in the process of still working on. And we have seen in beta that we have had a tremendous amount of result and response to using AR in that process of purchasing. Okay, great, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Actually, that um, echo uh, your research, so I guess uh, that's great. And then also, just uh, to be a little bit specific, let's talk about the fashion tech, uh, fashion technology, right? We know fashion industry, uh, it's very advanced in technology. And then specifically on AR and then AI, right? So, so for AI, it's probably like a personalization recommendation. So uh, can, how, can you share about that, the future of uh, fashion tech uh, with uh, AR and AI? Absolutely. So I think one of the hurdles has been um, to actually have the frame accessible to the customer so that they can select any frame that they would like. And so we found that there was um, a tremendous time that would be spent trying to actually digitize the frames. So that now, and also to your um, example, Wayne, in terms of the technology that you're offering, it makes it much easier now to digitize the frames in such a way that it's not taking forever to upload 10,000 SKUs to a portfolio. 
where when I was working in that particular space, we had to rely on the partners, the fashion partners, right, to actually provide us with those frames first. So it was a very long tail. In terms of how they are using um, a technology now is a lot of the um, fashion houses have already gone ahead and have started to digitize their frames and products, of course, their beauty products and so on. So it has become much more readily available and easier and streamlined to partner with certain fashion houses that will automatically provide you with that once you are a partner to that fashion house. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, our customer, our, our client portfolio, we do have a fashion house. They have a, a the beauty and also, you know, eyewear. So I believe that cooperation in, but among all these departments is super important and the technology definitely can help. Okay, thank, thank you. So go back to Yo. So Yo, we, we know you are an AR research scholar. And then uh, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about that, especially uh, when you do the research in your research you do uh, um, like a beauty and makeup category so how do you see this ar help and then uh, across the other industry like eyewear like a jewelry and accessory mm -hmm. yeah certainly so like to your first question main um what does a professor or research scholar do uh, and um we are, have always two roads we are on the teaching side and we're on the research side and on the teaching side as you mentioned uh, in your introduction, um, that Brock University, my uh, university where I uh, work, we are the first place in the world where you can have a dedicated AR marketing course. And I see my role on that teaching side really to produce the next leader of AR marketing. I always think like in the next three to five years, every company will want to have an AR strategy going forward right i mean like now the first company is already realizing this but i think we are kind of at the same time where we were in like 2007 with social media maybe right we kind of knew that there was something coming but we didn't quite know like what are we going to do with it and we didn't have the staff we didn't have the knowledge inside our firms to really capitalize maybe on it now and that's what the teaching side is and i'm really happy um to report that we actually launched this week uh, the third round of the AR marketing course uh, with our undergraduate students again. So and those are available for you guys very soon when they graduated uh, to help you out with your strategies. On the on the research side, and it kind of goes along with my earlier point with like the analogy to 2007 and social media. AR is a new technology and it's radically different from uh, other technologies we had before because it hybridizes uh, and uh, contextually embeds digital and the physical uh, together. And I believe that we can't recycle old ideas for new technologies and just hope it will work, right? I'm all for recycling, but I'm not all for recycling old ideas, right? So we need to have new ideas. And that's what a research scholar does. Like um, if you think back again into um, early days of social media, like was kind of used as like, oh great, here, or digital marketing. Oh great, here we have like a, a channel for banner ads. And yeah, we know that banner ads are not the most successful things to do until we figured out how to really use that medium with like search ads and programmatic, right? So over time, we kind of got better. And I think AR is at a very similar point right now. When I talk to people, both in practice and academia, 
there's a temptation to kind of reuse old ideas and say like, oh cool, that's advertising here for us and we have a direct communication channel to consumers. And I think the big question for AIs, and that's what my research is going for, like what is, like what new types of communications is enabled by AR? What new type of value is added by AR for consumers? Uh, and, and what is this new branding paradigm and marketing paradigm that really emerges in the wake of AR, given that it's such a radically new technology that is different from all of the other things we've seen before? And then luckily, as a professor and researcher, I have the benefit that I can focus on the big picture. I don't have to ship a product by the end of the week or by the end of the quarter. Right? I can dive into like a research project. What I showed you right now, it's two years in the works, right? because you're building up the theory, you're immersing yourself in the context, et cetera. But Wayne, to your second question, like yes, that research topic that was in makeup, right? Because it was when I started, it was like one of the leading categories, so it was a good place to start for us. But the benefit of that big picture thinking is, and using these theories, is that you're actually building or like you, you're working with foundations that are holding across sectors, right? So and that's what I tried to show in in the beginning. Even though like we're buying glasses or we're buying uh, makeup or we're buying furniture. No matter what that product is, it's all about like very similar reasons. We want to we want to kind of build our identities. We want to kind of present ourselves. To uh, Susan, I was I was smiling when you said like like they you want to help them look better, and I was immediately thinking there there are two different ways how I can interpret that look better, right? I can better see what's going around me, but I also look better to the rest of the world, right? And I think those foundations uh, they are they're holding across different product categories right what's not holding are maybe technological things um, because like it's a huge different thing to to render makeup on somebody's faces and and have for example flowing textiles or uh, or like uh, glass frames like those are different technological considerations and I think perfect company is doing like an amazing job of kind of really diving deep into the technological sides of these but then on top of this as a marketing, uh, professional, we want to always ask ourselves, like, what is the customer experience? What anxieties do I want to maybe alleviate, like this core tension I showed you? So I think that kind of goes across, Wayne. And also building with the consumer uh, to the point where they're actually going to be open to the adoption of the technology and trust it, that it will, in fact, give them or provide them with whatever it is that they are looking for satisfaction yes absolutely so that actually uh come to my next question you you pretty much you already give a a preview of uh, my question so basically uh i'd like to see i'd like to check with uh, susan about using technology so we are using technology not for the sake of technology we want to have a benefit from both the brand and the consumer so i'll combine this uh, uh my next question to uh two questions into one so basically what's the biggest benefit you see since you roll out this uh, all this technology like a fashion tech and also try to be more specific so uh thanks god we are getting pretty much out i guess hopefully from this pandemic but in the past year we are in the pandemic so how do you see like use this also we call the smart technology help eyewear specifically industry the eyewear industry during the pandemic well in answer to um, uh, your, the second part of your question, in terms of the pandemic, and I'll kind of roll it back, 
the pandemic has really forced us uh, as an industry to take a very, very close look, pardon the pun, um, at how we can still service the patient because they still have needs for eyeglass wear, even though they are stuck in their homes. And so AR provides the solution, 100% solution, to move forward and still be able to maintain your prescription in your eye care without leaving the house. And one of the things that we have um, discussed uh, you know, at length is what does that experience look like in terms of the consumer? Are they happy when they receive their eyeglasses or their prescription delivered to their home? And the gap really exists where when you buy, and I see you're wearing glasses, when you purchase eyeglasses, it's very important that you have the correct fit on your face, right? So that is usually something traditionally that you would go back to your um, eye doctor and they would place the eyeglasses on your face and make sure that they are adjusted properly in person. And so part of the technology, Wayne, that you shared with us is really kind of addressing that in terms of the fit on the nose, up further, over the ears, where is that fit actually going to take place? When we were working on the technology, we had to use a credit card or funny little instruments to make sure that the PD, right, the pupil distance, was actually met with the prescription. And so now it's much easier or will become easier thanks to yourself and people who are working on that technology to sort of avoid that last step. However, right now in this kind of infantile state that this technology is in, what we would offer or what we offer is going through the entire purchasing uh, cycle, right? Going through everything. When the eyeglasses are delivered to your home, you can take a ride over to your eye doctor and they then will actually confirm that the purchase was correct and that the fit is adjusted. And so that also helps in this interim stage when the consumer is still somewhat questioning technology in terms of the purchasing of their eyewear. Okay, uh, that, that's a, it's actually it's very, we are very happy to hear like the technology we are developing actually do help because we are technology provider. We have a no previous idea, the experience work uh, on, the, on the eyeglasses, everything. So I guess, uh, you know, that combination of the technology and the, in the real world is really something we are, we are looking for. Okay, and then uh, uh, due to the interest of time, I just can, cannot believe we are already uh, 15 minutes <laughs> past this uh, conversation. This is uh, the happiest time always go fast. So we have about 10 minutes. So I also like to uh, leave, uh, probably we can have an uh, audience to have uh, one question. So uh, last question, uh, one for uh, Yo and one for Susan. So let's, uh, let's just start with the, uh, with the professor. Uh, so you, you do research and then you do marketing. So how does AR and AI intersect with other marketing touch point? Uh, say we saw in our case, we call omni-channel environment. And what are the different strategy opportunity you see the brand and the retailer uh, for AR and AI in this omni-channel touch point marketing? 
Mm. Um, I think there, there are lots. I mean, the, the key is to to understand what is the strength of a technology and or of a touch point and then kind of look for synergy effects, right? And uh, in, in the case of AR, I think um, we talk a lot about the outside of store, right? And I think that is that is obviously one of the big use cases. And Susan, I loved how you kind of brought in like like also the, the physical aspect, right? So where you said like, and then they go actually to the, uh, up uh, to the to the eye doctor optician uh, and and kind of get it fitted. So like finding out like how do you build these different touch points together is crucial, right? And I mentioned very briefly um, that there's like consumers pretty much are aware of that AR isn't real. It's not the real deal, right? And so what I'm very excited about, and I know Wayne that um, you guys in your UCAM, for example, you have a very strong community of, of influencers and other community members. And I think that um, that dynamic between influencers on social media and AR in our hands, right? That is exciting from an omni-channel perspective. And you saw this already in my quotes, right? Uh, not only the, like AR provides us definitely more with confidence and that's the believing in myself, right? But it doesn't give us all of the things. And it's interesting to see how influencers and AR, they're total opposites when it comes to what do they do? Like influencers have the actual product versus AR as a visualization or a simulation. So it's not real, but it's on my face versus with the influencers on their face. You can see literally how those two touch points are doing the opposite things, right? And so there's a huge potential for for alignment and, and it's great for, for UCAM, for example, to have that already built in the same environment, right? So that's that's an amazing uh, opportunity I see, like how influencers and AR can work together. But yeah. also the AI, sorry, just the AI, just very quickly because I, I followed your presentation and it's this fortune teller thing. If you think back into my model with the competency gap and the autonomy gap, your AI kind of brings those two things together because it's pretty much allowing me as a consumer to have like creative freedom, like trying out my things, but I still get the confirmation because like I'm playing around, but I get like a little bit of like, oh yeah, you seem to be really liking this, you know? And that's exactly what good sales people do. So uh, I think that that AI implementation is, is really well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so last question for Susan, and we go to take a one uh, question for audience. So we talk about pandemic, right? So the customers' uh, ch uh, shopping behavior change. They go to e-commerce, but right now the store is reopening, customer coming back. So how do you see this? Uh, this a uh, new terminology called digital. Digital means a uh, physical plus digital. So basically, how do you see the uh, the fashion tech experience moving forward with the combination of the digital and the physical? Well, I think that, um, yes, it is twofold. And to Yo's uh, example of, you know, this sort of missed intersection, you know, people are going in two slightly different directions. The messaging is a little different. Um, I think that from an Omni perspective, if we're able to bridge the gap between the process of virtual selection of your frames, and physical selection of the frame, which you may not have the complete decision yet in your mind, that a lot of people are able then to 
close that loop in terms of the decision making and the selection process, which means that you could start perhaps in terms of the buying process or the path online or with your phone to make some selections, you can then move forward into the store from a physical perspective and try those frames on physically, feel them, touch them, and also get your doctor to weigh in on whether or not those frames are actually appropriate for your prescription. And then you could return home again if you're still not at the decision-making point and again, decide whether or not you're going to purchase that frame. If everyone who is participating in the market from a product perspective and a retail brick and mortar store perspective are able to close the gap in terms of their messaging and the way they provide the product to the consumer, then everyone would also feel very comfortable in terms of utilizing AR in the process and the buying path that they follow, the consumer. Making the consumer much more comfortable in the decisions that they're making and also know that the message in terms of this is an appropriate where, place or way or manner in which to make these purchases is just a universal offering, then that in itself will help the adoption of AR and will fuel our ability to continue with our research and development of technology as it relates to all consumer products. That's great. So that's a, that's a perfect ending for our conversation. So we do have a time to take a one question to, uh, from audience. I, I really like one question that coming from audience. I have to ask. That, that one is interesting. They talk about uh, the audience asks about uh, AR devices. So we can see AR devices in a different way. So they, they, the, the question is very simple. So how about the AR headset for the future? What's your prospect? So probably ask Susan first. So from eyewear perspective, so we will talk about try on to, for the eyewear, but how do you see like a eyewear itself become an AR devices? So, you know, they are in the process of utilizing a lot of different technologies such as contact lenses uh, that can in fact read your uh, prescription. It could detect um, glaucoma, uh, early stage diabetes. There's a lot of ways that this is actually being integrated from a very high level technology perspective. In terms of eyewear and AR, I think that um, the, you know, the gap rather have to, having to make an appointment in store and go in, I think that once the industry is able to overcome HIPAA restraint, you will be able to go to your phone and it will in fact tell you whether or not by reading your prescription, you are ready to actually increase your prescription, your prescription is staying the same, or it's time for a new pair of glasses. So I think that that is very key critical and the next step in terms of the eyewear market. Yes, so that can be our next uh, product. So, and then just go back to yo. So have you researched, you, know, you, you do lots of AR, have you researched devices like a headset and then all these uh, device for AR? 
Sorry, uh, I'm following these developments very closely, um, not as a research project, but from general perspective and interest. Um, and we are all waiting for it. Like, and it's it's not too far out. I, I anticipate that in the next 12 to 36 months, we see a lot of big companies announcing AR glasses. Uh, yes. And it's going to be a build up. It's not going to be like that AR glasses that we're all hoping for. Uh, at the beginning, it will be uh, very kind of lightweight AR. So maybe more like textual overlays or uh, or some other notifications, maybe helping uh, visually impaired uh, consumers to kind of see better. That is one idea which I see being discussed. But I hope that in the next three to five years, those AR glasses really become kind of those very powerful uh, um, headsets that allow us to build very interesting and intricate overlays over the world. Like think about Pokemon Go, just on, like constantly on and constantly enriching your environment in ways that that you selected as a consumer, hopefully. And, and so for, from a marketing branding, branding perspective, that is AR 3.0, um, like that's the next step of AR. And that's, I, I believe this will radically change how marketing works. Hey, thank you. So um, we are about uh, perfectly, we are great on timing. So it's uh, end of our conversation. So uh, as I said, the conversation we can still going, uh, then uh, it's not stop here. And then for the audience, if you have any question, you can reach out to us. And of course, you know, linking, right? You can always uh, make a connection and then we can continue the discussion. And then also today, I'd like to really appreciate uh, both of you to join us. We talk about Infinite Game. That's just the beginning. That's the beginning of the new technology. We believe we will have a more intersection and interaction with uh, uh, both Professor and then Suzanne, so in the future. So thank you so much. And then this uh, concludes today's uh, master series. Thank you. I'll see you very soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Perfect Corps Global Beauty Tech Master Series Podcast Edition. Please join us next time for another exciting episode on the future of beauty tech innovation.